T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living a show about people and organizations that make an impact around Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. And joining us this morning is Latasha Heron-Bruff, Senior Vice President of Community Engagement for the Dallas Regional Chamber. How are you doing, Tasha? I'm doing fantastic, Chris. How about yourself? I am doing great for a Sunday morning, and I yes. want to thank you for joining us. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have heard of the Dallas Regional Chamber of Commerce. Yes. Can you tell us about the how it started and what it means for the businesses in North Texas? I would love to, and we're, we're so excited to be on with you, Chris. Um, the DSC is the largest chamber in the DFW, and, and there are many chambers around, and, yes. and we work with many of them. Uh, but we're actually the only regional chamber in North Texas, and we like to say we are the honest broker for the region. And what that means is, a lot of our job is connecting companies that are looking to move or relocate to the region. Um, and they're really looking for resources that they need to be successful. So we have really invested in strengthening the region. Um, we are diversifying business and, and bringing new businesses here um, every day. You know, right now our uh, economic development team is probably working about a hundred projects wow. of companies that are, yes, that are looking to relocate. And this, Chris, is even during the pandemic, um, that there is a lot of growth and a lot of movement uh, to the region. And so that is our business, is making sure that our region is uh, economically strong and that we continue to grow. So you say Dallas Regional Chamber does that exclude Fort Worth, or is it part of the Dallas-Fort Worth? Is it North Texas? These are questions people want to know. Well, I'm glad you're asking, but it's North Texas, right? So right. when you think about North Texas, the DRC covers that entire North Texas region. Very nice, very nice. So it's almost like an umbrella. That's right. And, and we get the opportunity to work with a lot of the local chambers. I know you had Keandra on yes. not long ago. From, from the Oak Cliff Chamber. Chamber. I know yeah. her. She's a wonderful person. Yes. And we get to work with um, a lot of the other chambers in the region because it quite honestly takes all of us to do this work. It really does, especially with the growth. You mentioned all the different businesses and people moving to the Dallas-Fort Worth, yes. North Texas area. Do you have any numbers? Because I've heard, like, phenomenal numbers of growth. Well, yeah, right. I, I can tell you right now, the DRC are tracking about 109 projects, which includes about 24 companies that are considering right now moving their headquarters 
to DFW and 22 moving their corporate offices here. And so in any you know, given year, we're probably tracking anywhere between 50 and 60 projects. I will tell you, we, we love to talk about the five for five. And I will tell you, in the last five years, five of the largest Fortune 500 companies have moved here to the region. So it's a pretty phenomenal growth that continues to happen. I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you name drop some of those? Uh, yes. You talk about CBRE. Uh, that's the huge real estate firm. Uh, McKesson, that is the healthcare giant. Um, you have uh, Schwab, Charles Schwab, mm-hmm. that is moved here. They're a good friend of the chamber. We we're connecting with them and really working with them in, in some of the community efforts that we're going to be doing. Um, Jacob the engineering giant uh, that has moved here. So there's a lot of traction, a lot of people. It looks, you know, it is a really friendly environment for businesses and they are looking to Dallas and the DFW area. When did the Dallas Regional Chamber of Commerce come along and, and whose idea was it to put basically all of the different things that you guys do together? I know it's been growing over the, over years and years and years, but when was it first started And I think it's a great idea, especially considering all the people who are trying to move towards the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah, the Dallas Chamber has been around a long time. I mean, the early 1900s. I mean, the Dallas Chamber is really a... Um, grounded in the growth of Dallas and the Dallas region. So Mm -hmm. they've been around a very long time. And But as the region has changed and evolved, so has the DRC. And so we've grown from being, you know, a lot of chambers, they really focus on a lot of the business growth, but we also focus on community Mm -hmm. and how we now focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's a priority for the DRC that really just came about in the last year that we said, listen, there is so much going on right now in our world, in our community. And we need to not just talk about what we want to do. We need to actually do it. So we, as times have changed, the DRC has changed exactly with those times. But we've always, Chris, been the voice of the business community. But now what we're starting to lean in is to figure out how do we grow those deeper relationships beyond just the business community? Mm-hmm. How do we talk about all the other parts of the community that need and, and need the support of the business uh, business world, right? Exactly, because this this is a, a major area of the country. Put it like this, I think Dallas may be uh, top five, if not the fifth largest city. And I'm not talking about n- number of people. We're talking about businesses and people and regions and growth. It's like number five in the entire country. And because of that, you have so many diverse people who move down here, let alone the people who are already diverse who were here. And and I know there are stories to be told because there's jobs to be had. There are jobs to be had. And we, and you know, and I think when, when people move here, you know, some of the reasons um, that they move here is because the pro-business climate, Mm -hmm. right? There's no, corporate or personal income tax is centrally located, DFW International Airport, right? Right. Um, We have a great accessible talent pool. That's what you're talking about, Chris. We have the talent that big companies are looking for. 
And then I think to underscore it all is the quality of life. I don't know where you can live on the map and have a about as good of quality of life as you can have here in the DFW region. But I will say we still have work to do because there are communities that that need our help. Yes. In fact, it's all evolving. And that's that's what the smart business community keeps in mind. It's like we're not there. We're just evolving and we're trying to keep up with the 21st century. In fact, I think it's such a big plus when you have people from all over, not just all over the country moving in here, but people from all over the world. And sometimes the stereotypes are broken down as well, because sometimes when people think of Texas, all they think about are horses and cows and cowboys. That's right. Chris, Chris, you, you are spot on. And I know you've been here for a long time. So yes. You can, you can see the evolution, right? Mm-hmm. And, yes. And one of the things that we say at the DRC is building tomorrow together, right? So mm-hmm. we're not just focused head down on what's happening right now today. We're already thinking 5, 10, 20, 30 years down the road. What is our region going to look like? How do we drive economic growth? How do we foster collaboration between the business community, educational institutions, workforce development? How do we, you know, get involved in public policy, right? How do we promote and advance um, those pro-business policies? But again, how do we address systemic racism? Mm -hmm. That's our job too, right? So we need to have that voice in all of those areas. And we just feel like together, with so many other companies and our regional partners and other chambers, we can do it together to build this region into a stronger region, diverse region um, that provides a better quality of life for everyone that lives here. You talk about, you know, um, I've been in this market so long. I'm going to tell you something. When I got here in 1980, (laughs) graduated from the University of Oklahoma and grew up in Memphis and Oklahoma, well, I'd only come to Dallas for, like, Texas OU games. That was yeah. the only reason I'd have come to Dallas. And when I came to Dallas, guess what everybody was talking about? Who shot Jr.? Yeah. <laughs> and everybody was trying to find South Fork, and people were taking vacations and going out to see South Fork. And yeah. it was the, that's what was actually putting Dallas on a global map because there were people from all over the country and all over the world visiting Dallas about who shot Jr. Jr. Right. Ewing. And then, of course, JFK, the assassination, yeah. and, and, and the, the grassy knoll in that area. And then, like you said, over time, people started saying, wait a minute. The Dallas Cowboys. They were talking about the Cowboys, and then they started talking about the quality of life. Now, I bet you grew up here, haven't you? Were you? Are you you from? Yeah, so you grew up here in Dallas. Born. I am a Dallas girl, an Oak Cliff girl, true and true. From the OC. From the OC, Chris. And so this this conversation and this work that we're doing is so close to my heart, and I Mm -hmm. think that's why I was attracted to the DRC because of the work that we're doing. And I told you. Uh, when we started talking earlier, I'm, I'm going to date myself, but I know how long you've been around Chris, <laughs> because I've watched you. <laughs> I've been a fan for a I very, very that. long time. So I, I, I know your connection to the region, but you talk about when you came, my father, who is a small business owner, has been in Southern Dallas for about 50 years. When he moved here from rural Mississippi in the early 70s, he was attracted to the to the growth and the possibility and the quality of life that Dallas had. He mm-hmm. built his business here. And there are people still coming to the region 
for that very same reason, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're looking for opportunity and they're finding it and they're finding it to be a fantastic place to raise their family. I'm glad you brought that up because as you talked about the growth of the entire region, I remember way back when it seemed like all of the growth was headed north. It's like, okay, all the major corporations, they're headed north of LBJ. Then, oh, it's north Mm -hmm. of the – take the tollway all the way up north of uh, 161, north of – I mean, just keep going north, 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 north. And now I see there's a lot of businesses either staying in the Dallas area, Mm -hmm. downtown Dallas area, or even Little South. You know, they're they're headed – all over, and I, I see all the mega churches, the black mega churches all up and down I-20, and you know about the growth in Duncanville and Cedar yep. Hill and Grand Prairie and Arlington. Arlington's becoming like the entertainment capital of Texas with yeah. Six Flags and the Dallas Cowboys out there and the Texas Rangers and Texas Live, and they've got so many. And, of course, Fort Worth is one of the biggest secrets in North Texas. It Absolutely. is Stockyards, it is Cowtown, it's Stop Six, it's got all those different things going on. So you basically got your 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 finger on the pulse of the entire region. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. There's something it, it, for everybody all over. It is something and that's why DFW is so attractive to so many businesses because you have, when businesses think when they move here, mm-hmm. they're thinking about their workforce, right? Yes. They're thinking about their employees, they're thinking about the families of their employees and and why does the DFW region make sense for not only their company's growth and their bottom line, but how can their employees and their families find a great quality of life and a, a great place to live? And just like you alluded to, I don't know where you get all of these things in one place other than the DFW region. And you mentioned, you touched on Southern Dallas. Yes. One of our focuses, you were here Dale Petrosky, who is our CEO. Mm-hmm. You will hear Michelle Votney, who is our board chair from mm-hmm. EY. They will talk about our focus on Southern Dallas. And we are really, really trying to talk about Southern Dallas in a very different way because it is a place of growth and opportunity and investment. Yes. There are so many reasons why. Chris, we just took a company on a tour last Friday that are that's really seriously thinking about expanding a part of their uh, business and their division to Southern Dallas. And, you know, those are the kind of things that we want to see happen. We want to see that kind of growth in Southern Dallas County. And when we talk about Southern Dallas County, we're just not talking about Oak Cliff or Fair Park or mm-hmm. West Dallas. We're talking about Duncanville, DeSoto, Lancaster, yeah. Cedar Field. Mm-hmm. All those areas, you know, we're we're interested in their growth as well. You know, you mentioned in the growth in southern Dallas uh, and Dale in particular. It made me think about uh, Red Bird Mall, which is now yes. Red Bird District. And I yes. thought about Red Bird District because you got the Design District, you got uh-huh. the Bishop Arts District, and now you've got Red Bird District. The mall is being completely torn down and revitalized. It's going to be a community with apartments and restaurants and shopping centers. And it's just in a, a very, very sweet location for a lot, a lot of people. Do yes. you have anything new that you might be able to tell us about the Redbird District? Chris, if you have not, if your listeners are listening to this, if they have not taken a drive to Redbird and have seen the development and what is happening there. The evolution. It is amazing. 
yes. the evolution of Redbird. They, you know, Redbird Mall was already really grounding that community, but now it is really growing and going to flourish um, a community that has, you know, really asked for this kind of meaningful development that Peter Brodsky mm-hmm. and Terrence Maiden and their team are bringing. So you have, uh, you know, there are brand new apartments. So they not only are thinking about how do we bring businesses, but how do we bring housing? Yes. How do we bring access to healthy foods, right? Mm-hmm. How do we bring entertainment? How do we make the core of this Southern Dallas neighborhood a point of destination, right? You have the Dallas Entrepreneur Center that's there in Redbird that's mm-hmm. assisting so many small businesses, right? How to grow their businesses and really have been instrumental in su- sustaining so many businesses through COVID. So you have, uh, you know, workforce solutions that are helping people find jobs. And we know that how important jobs are to our economy and to the community. So you have Lori Larea and her team and workforce solutions right there in Redbird Mall. So, and not to mention all of the eating places and Starbucks yeah. and all these things that are there. It is worth not only to take a drive, but think about, you know, we've been talking to businesses. How do you get involved in this movement? Because it is not a moment. It is a movement that is happening in Southern Dallas County, and we're really proud to be a part of it. Yeah, you don't want to be left out of that. I was over at the grand opening of that Starbucks, and they had a who's who of everybody yes. there. And and Starbucks breaking the, breaking ground over there. I'm going to go back into time again because I have to think about this. Back when yeah. uh, Redbird Mall was a mall, and oh, yeah. it was one of the best malls in the country. And back in the day, me and Tom Joyner, had yeah. a big pep rally for the Dallas Cowboys that they're going to take on the Washington wow. team. And it went, it it was national coverage because there wow. were literally thousands and thousands of people there. We had Jeffrey Osborne performing. Wow. It backed up traffic <laughs> from 67 to 20. You know, people had the, the, the uh, food trucks out there before they even yeah. called food trucks. That's and nice. it was outside in the parking lot, and it was absolutely amazing. We had some of the players there, and CBS actually interrupted their coverage of their college football game that Saturday afternoon to talk about that major pep rally. And guess what I found out while I was there as well? What? First of all, there was a Chick-fil-A inside Redbird Mall back when. This is before Chick-fil-A was so big they just started having their own individual standalone franchises. They were in certain malls, and they were at Redbird Mall. And also, I found out, because we were, like, kind of having our own little private green room area in, like, the management offices. Back in the day, that mall was owned by the family that owned the San Francisco 49ers. And they wow. have 49ers stuff everywhere. Them <laughs> Cowboy players want to tear all that stuff down. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. I don't know how in the world they got away with that there. But they certainly couldn't get away with anything like that now. Exactly. No exactly. I had to go back in time and tell that one little story. Now, you mentioned about the uh, diversity and inclusion yeah. and yeah. equity. Right. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, a real good friend of mine, Sint Marshall, she is the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks. Love she her. is, Yes, she is a pioneer. She's all about it. Yeah. She always talks about diversity as being, yeah, you're invited to the dance. Inclusion means you're actually asked to dance or asked to participate. So can, you, true. can you talk about the diversity, equity, and inclusion piece with the Dallas Regional Chamber of Commerce? 
Yeah, you know, this is this is so important for us. We, we reached a milestone in, in reaching a year of mm-hmm. this Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council, and Sit Marshall is so instrumental in this. She, she sits on our board. She's amazing. She, uh, she is just amazing. And so right after George, the murder of George Floyd, the DRC said, listen, the, there is a voice here from the business community, and the business community need, needs to show up, right? And there are things that we need to do. And so one of the things that they did really quickly was make a public comment about what was happening. But our leadership said, we got to do more than just make a comment. We have to get busy and have some real action. So they created the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Council. It is a permanent board-level council made up of our board members. And we focus on four areas, diversity and leadership. How do we get representation in the boardroom and in the Mm C-suite? Community investment in underserved areas. How do we bring jobs and economic growth to areas specifically in Southern Dallas County? Education and workforce. How do we bring living wage attainment and change that within a generation and, and actually double that within a generation? And policing and criminal justice policy. How do we really create a better relationship between the community and police, but actually how do we get involved in reform and and really advocating and championing policies that make it a safer place for all of us. Exactly. those Those are the four things that we focus on. And that's actually how I got hired and to start working with the chamber. Was I said, hey, we need someone in community engagement that's going to take this message out into the community. But more than that, listen to the community. You know, mm-hmm. part of my job is um, we, we're talking now, but part of my job is to be quiet and listen. Exactly. And hear from the community. So the business community knows how to help. Right. And where we need to lean in. You know, you mentioned the listening part. I read a story about the great CEOs in the world yeah. and the, the smartest ones Listen first and yeah. speak last. Yeah. Therefore, they're able to read what's going on in their own companies or their own communities and find out where their efforts can be better utilized. And that's the best CEOs. It's all about listening first and then issuing statements or then figuring out solutions. I like the way you're operating. We're talking with <laughs> Latasha Heron Bluff. She's the senior vice president of community engagement for Dallas Regional Chamber. And and back to the different corporations. There's so many people, like I said, coming here from all over the country and all over the world. The smartest thing you can do is communicate and have great relationships because it's it's economically advantageous as well. It makes for a better lifestyle. Am I wrong? Absolutely. You know, there's been so much work done on the business case as to why that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You and I and a lot of people that are listening know it's the right thing to do, but we know that it makes good business sense. Businesses are more productive. uh, Employees are happier. So we know that these things are the right thing to do. But what's interesting, though, Chris, you know, is part of our leadership in this is helping companies understand what to do or how to do. And there's a lot of companies that maybe want to do better, but they don't really know. And we have a wonderful SVP of diversity, equity, and inclusion, Jared Fitzpatrick, that is really leading that, leading that work. And then on the flip side of that is we're wanting to make sure that we're thinking about equity, how equitable are our communities. You know, there's so many disparities that mm-hmm. exist. 
and really, you know, out of the tragedy that we've seen with, you know, a lot of killing of unarmed black men and the pandemic, that has been exacerbated. We've been able to see things that maybe have not always been very visible to some of us. Right. And I'm going so, I'm going to give some some credit to social media there too cuz sometimes yeah. people would hear about things but they didn't see it with their own eyes until all of a sudden you see videos on social media or the newscast pick, bring up the videos from social media that people were, were filming with themselves with their own phones. You're right. And you know, I think it was Will Smith who said that racism always this always existed. It just wasn't always filmed, right? And Correct. so now that we see this and, and one of the things, one of the reasons why the DRC launched this take care of business vaccine campaign was because we knew that communities of color had been disproportionately impacted by this pandemic. And it wasn't enough for us just to sit on the sidelines. We had to figure out what is a way, what can we do to help more North Texans get vaccinated and really reach our goal of 70% vaccination rate. And so we created this campaign that that helps businesses talk to their employees about vaccination, Mm -hmm. but more importantly, talks to those hesitant populations, populations that have been maybe a little out of reach, um, and we, we needed to get closer to them to really make sure that we're providing resources and access and information uh, about vaccinations and why it's so important and why it takes all of us. I'm glad you brought that up about the vaccine because it's so important for most people to get vaccinated. And a lot of uh, communities of color were hit harder because, as you know, a lot of us still have parents or grandparents that live with us some kind of way. So you have more people in the household who also have more jobs who are probably out and about more often than others. And therefore, um, you know, COVID will spread even more. But as you mentioned about the vaccine, and this is what we've all learned, there's a lot of hesitancy. And it's like you can go cross boards. It doesn't matter what race. There's always some groups of people who are just – I don't know. Let's see some other people. Let's see how it works on some other people. So you got to give them more information. Yeah. And understandably so, Chris, you know the history, right? We we know that it's valid. And, and our job is not to, to say, you know, we want to encourage you to get vaccinated. But it's your own choice. It's everyone's personal decision. Right. And so part of our we have a website, www.takecareofbusinessdfw.org, where we're providing information about vaccine, um, medical information. It's just not us saying, hey, go get vaccinated. Right. We want to tell you the why and want to make it available to everyone who wants a, a shot. Exactly. And, and then it's all about knowledge. If you have more knowledge, you're able to make better decisions for yourself. You can right. decide for yourself and your family what's right for you. But at least you have the information. So I'm glad you guys are, are, are making the information available to a lot of people because, you know, the vaccine is very important. It, to me, it's no different than the chickenpox vaccine, the okay. flu vaccine. Way back when everybody was getting vaccines for whatever the reason, and it helped reduce the outbreaks and it helped make life better for all of us. That's that's right, Chris, and that's what we want to do. This is not a singular mission, right? It's right. really the pandemic hit us all collectively. So it's going to take all of us to work together to figure out how do we come out of this? How do we recover? Mm-hmm. And how do we make sure that our communities are strong? 
um, once we're on the other side of this. And, you know, North Texas, you know, we're doing okay, but we can do better. And so we need to be able to reach those audiences that you're talking about. And we're hoping that our, our Take Care of Business campaign can do that. Do you by chance have some of the numbers of North Texans vaccinated and then those who still need to be? Yeah. So right now we're right at about 60 percent of North Texans that have at least one shot in their arm. Right. Mm -hmm. They've gotten one shot. But really for us, Chris, to get at that 70 percent that we need to and that and and people are probably saying, well, why do we need to get to 70 percent? 70 percent gets us closer to herd immunity. Right. Right. Since we launched this campaign in early June, we've had about 158,000 North Texans get vaccinated. That's great. But but to put this in perspective, we need about 442,000 more to get vaccinated this summer to get us to that 70%. So we are trying through this campaign, and we feel confident we can do it. But again, it's going to take all of us, and we hope that the sweepstakes with some of these great prizes is going to provide an added incentive for people to get the shot. Did you say sweepstakes and prizes? Yeah. Because you know what? I heard in some different states they were doing that. In fact, some states were even having a lottery where you could oh. win money if you, you know, get your vaccine. It's almost kind of like, you know, if you, you get your lottery ticket. So what kind of sweepstakes and what is the uh, Dallas Regional Chamber of Commerce up to? So as a part of the campaign, we've partnered with some of our most generous uh, members mm-hmm. and community partners that want to offer incentives. You know, they're saying, we're in this. How do we help? So on June 28th, we launched this sweepstakes. And so any North Texan who has received at least one shot across four counties, that'll be Collin, Denton, Tarrant, and Dallas County from June 9th through August 31st can participate. So even though we launched the sweepstakes on the 28th, Chris, mm-hmm. if you were vaccinated June 9th and through August 31st, all through the summer, all through the summer, you can be in the drawing. And the first drawing will take place on July 30th. And then we will have another drawing on August 31st. No, I'm sorry. Second drawing is going to be on September 7th. I'm sorry. Um, so we'll have two drawings, but let me tell you what we have. <laughs> so we have cowboy tickets, stars tickets, Mavericks tickets. Look at And it. these aren't nosebleeders. These are prime seats. Lower bowl. FC Dallas, the wings. We have round trip mm-hmm. airline tickets from American and Southwest. And we have tickets to the Bad Bunny 2022 tour. Now, Uh-oh. I didn't even know what that was, Chris, but these tickets oh, are what? going for thousands and thousands of dollars you don't know how big time bad bunny is he hang out with jay-z and he's luca Doncic's favorite artist in the world and chris i didn't know this i was oblivious and then people were like where have you been living (laughs) bad bunny's been making records for a couple years now he's on it yes and we have those tickets and so if you get a shot between june 9th and through august 31st you can enter into the sweepstakes to, to win some of our great prizes that is fantastic. I want you to comment on this, too, because I, I just saw this like a week ago. I saw a big article that said a lot of people, a whole lot of people are quitting their jobs. And I was like, oh, no. But guess what? The article said the reason they're quitting their jobs is because the economy is so strong. Yeah. After the pandemic, as the pandemic is subsiding, there are a lot of people who say, you know what? I would like to work at home more yeah. or 
I would like to leave this job that I'm working now, this gig I'm working now, uh-huh. and I feel comfortable enough to know that I've got another opportunity somewhere else. In other words, there are more opportunities for people to get hired than ever yeah. before. And one other note about that, I was like, wow, this is just amazing news. It said that the people who were downsized or the people who were furloughed or let go, they're like, I ain't coming back to you because you let me go, but I'm going to go to some other places who actually have even better benefits or even a a higher minimum wage, which means that the economy is coming back strong. You know what, Chris? We need. I, I hope Dale listens to this. Dale needs to hire you. <laughs> but but you're spot on. Is that I try to do my homework. I'm in. <laughs> I, I I love keeping up with things. Well, you but you but you're right. And and DFW provides such a great setting for people who are. You know, I I'm thinking this is not a a, a time for a job. We don't have a job shortage. We have a job shift. People yes. Are the way they're viewing yes. um, job opportunities, right? And so you have moms like myself mm-hmm. who were working through this pandemic and homeschooling kids, and they're thinking about where can I go to make sure that I have a good quality of life for my kids, for yeah. myself? Are there remote opportunities? Mm-hmm. Are there other? There are, there's so many things that are available for people who are looking for work that now is the time and you see lots of people not only moving into the area, but they're moving and transitioning. So there's lots of opportunity right now. There are lots of available advancements in careers or people who are looking like you said and said, you know what? It's time for me to do something else. This market is ripe for that. Exactly. People spent several months in 2020 plotting up plotting yeah. up their futures and they're, they're, yeah. they're online anyway. And they say, you yeah. know what? I've got some time since I'm working from home or whatever the situation it is. I know I can do better for myself when the opportunity is right. And apparently the opportunity seems to be right for lots and lots of people across the country, but especially here in North Texas. I mean, it's even affecting the housing market. You can't find a house in Dallas Fort Worth. Look, you cannot. And that's, you know, that's part of what we work in those areas too, you know, how do we make sure mm-hmm. that Dallas not only, you know, it's not a, a place for some people, it's a great place for all people. So, you know, as much as we promote the growth and the economic development of housing, but we want to make sure that everyone has a place for an affordable place to call home. So, you know, you're right. The housing prices are, you know, continuing to rise, but that's, you know, Dallas is such a great DFW is such a great market right now that people are still continuing to move here. Because when you look at DFW, Chris, relative to other places on the map, we're still the best option. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the growth is tremendous. And again, you'd rather be somewhere where the opportunities are than to be struggling somewhere else. And that's why, believe it or not, there's a lot of corporations moving to the North Texas area. A lot of corporate uh, individuals who work for those companies are saying, let's pack it up and go to DFW because wherever we are right now, we can do better in Texas. And the people in Dallas for Worth, we benefit by it because uh, there was a movie that came out a long time ago called Field of Dreams, and they said, if you build it, they will come. They will come. And you, Chris, you are so right. They will. They, if you build it, they will come, and they are coming. 
And we think of that about our great region. We think about that about Southern Dallas. Mm-hmm. We know that there are many, many places across DFW, and they are coming, and they're going to continue to come. So we know that we're in a great place. It's just our job to make sure other people know it, and I think they do. By the number of people that are coming here every day, people see how good it is in the DFW area. Exactly. There's opportunities all around. In fact, you can create your own opportunities. If you grew up here and you live here, you can say, you know what, even if I don't work for X corporation that moved into town, let's say an Amazon or you just name somebody, right? You can still work around that area because there's going to be growth there. There's going to be uh, emergency rooms there. There's going to be uh, restaurants there. There's going to be gas stations there. There's going to be Anything you can think of where you say, okay, I can do some Uber Eats over there. Whatever you think you need to do, it's going to be available because of all these opportunities going on in the Dallas-Fort Worth, North Texas area. Hey, before I let you go, Latasha Heron-Bruff, Tasha, please tell anyone who'd want to get involved with the Dallas Regional Chamber what they need to do. And by the way, you you guys have the most impressive website. You can okay. give out that website information. Uh, if there's an email address, anybody in particular they need to talk to. Again, it's yep. all about people who may want to partner up with you or actually might need your services. Yes. Thank you for that, Chris. Yes, you can always go check out our website. It has the latest and greatest information about what we're doing at the Dallas Regional Chamber at DallasChamber.org. So you can go and find out all things uh, DFW and DRC right there. But if you're interested in our campaign, our PSA public awareness campaign, you'll start seeing billboards and ads and hearing announcements in grocery stores. You can go to www.takecareofbusinessdfw.org. Don't forget the DFW. And if you want to reach me, my name is Tasha Heron-Bruff. You can always find me. Go to the website, find me, give me a call. There I'd you love go. to talk to any one of you. You are outstanding. We've got to have you back on again real soon and catch up with what's going on with the Dallas Regional Chamber of Commerce. Is that a deal? That I would love to, Chris. Thanks again for joining us this morning, Tasha. Thank you. Joining us right now is Deepin Patel. He is with the BAPS Organization and Charities. And I want to say right now, I think your organization is absolutely wonderful. And if anybody has driven down um, 114 in Irving, you've seen the incredible temple. It is so amazing. Deepin, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's an honor, Chris. Thank you for having me. Well, I wanted you to be on the show because, again, you guys have a tremendous temple. It's like it stands out so well. But I've had the pleasure of being over there for an occasion, and it was just a wonderful festival. It was the families and the kids and the communities, the India— American community is well represented by your work. Can you tell people in the North Texas area about what you guys do with family empowerment and values? Absolutely. I, I think um, uh, you you also have a, a podcast called Better Living, and, and we have something similar. So it's all about family values. It's about promoting unity and harmony at a family level first so that we can bring that to our community. So BAPS uh, is a 100-plus-year-old organization. It was established in India in 1907. Wow. And it was founded on pillars of practical spirituality. And, uh, you know, again, as, as, as with any social spiritual organization, the idea is to, to address the spiritual, moral, and social challenges that mm-hmm. we face in our world today. And it's grown rapidly. 
along with the South Asian Indian American population here in North America, as well as North Texas. So in North America, we've got over 100 mandirs, which are Hindu places of worship. And our current spiritual leader of BAPS is His Holiness Mahant Swami Maharaj. And his first and foremost uh, appeal to all of us is to, to promote unity and harmony among all individuals around the world. And, and actually not just individuals, but all living beings, plants, animals, because they're all important to the ecosystem. So respecting all living beings is, is kind of the core principle. And uh, BAPS in the Dallas area, DFW area, has been growing for the past 30 years. And we do events such as the one you attended. Uh, probably it was Diwali, which is the largest yes. festival. And it's a celebration of lights uh, and uh, very similar to a lot of other religious um, holidays uh, where you, you celebrate the victory of good over evil, mm-hmm. uh, light over darkness, and, and we have food and, and family and friends and, and and just you know it's a distant memory because of covid but we were still able to do some of that virtually this year so i'm glad you were able to come to our temple oh yeah it was an it was an amazing occasion again you mentioned all the different things that were going on and the food oh my goodness i cannot believe how much food that was there it made me wonder and it was so it was so exotic and so delicious it was making me wonder how many people in the BAPS community is in the North Texas area because the temple is so large and the festival was so impressive. So, yeah, we had uh, we had typically a pre-COVID. I'm talking pre-COVID. Yes. We had eight to 10,000 people here in the Dallas area. People would come from Oklahoma, Little Rock. People would come from all over. We have large, beautiful uh, Mondays, uh, uh, temples in, in Houston as well. That's where a lot of people uh, get together. And uh, yeah, we have we have uh, thousands of families that come to celebrate, and the food that you mentioned, over over a thousand vegetarian dishes, yes, is what is offered to the deities at the temple, and then again, it is distributed amongst everybody that uh, comes there. We also do our annual food drive on that occasion. Mm-hmm. So so during Thanksgiving as well as during Diwali, we make sure that we're able to not just celebrate with the food, with friends and family, but be able to offer that to our community, to people who truly need that during that during that tough time of the year. You mentioned this show is called Better Living, and it's all about people and organizations having great impact, positive impact in the Dallas-Fort Worth, North Texas area. And I think your community does that so well with the BAPS and I think one of the main reasons why is because you're all about community empowerment and education. And I think you got so many things that are going on and it just bonds people together because everybody wants to do things the right way. And it's almost like your temple is a guide for those who are involved with the Hindu uh, religion, right? I think that's a great point you bring up. A lot of times, you know, we, we have a lot of people who are spiritual in nature, mm-hmm. but if you don't have a place to congregate, if you don't have a place to assemble and, and put our energy together, then we can only do so much. So you're absolutely right. The temples serve as a, as a central point for, for having, uh, providing a platform for such activities. Uh, you mentioned community empowerment. I'll, I'll, I'll begin with the community giving first. We, you know, we do annual health fairs. Uh, we do uh, flu shots, annual flu shots, 18 years. 
consecutively as of uh, 2019, 2020, uh, we couldn't do it, but mm-hmm. 2019, 18 consecutive years of health fairs and flu shots, hundreds of hours each year. We have local doctors, medical professionals, they volunteer their time. We also have, well, I'll tell you a story about a, a individual who was diagnosed with a blockage during one of these health fairs, and he was transported straight to the hospital from there, and it saved his life. So sometimes you wow. hear stories that truly touch your heart. I'll tell you another story. Uh, you, you, funny thing, I, I read about you, and you started your career at the age of 14. Yes. Am I right? Yeah, I started in radio when I was 14 years old. So I'll tell you this. Two sisters out of Tennessee, 12-year-old, they were making face masks. They learned how to sew, and and they started preparing these face masks, and they wanted to supply them to their local superheroes. So it's amazing. When when you have a, a, a place of worship, a place of where, where people of like faith can come together, then you can do wonderful things. So uh, like I mentioned, you know, we have uh, bone, bone marrow drives. Uh, we have health lectures. We have annual blood drives. Uh, we collected over 200 pints of blood in the last five years, which possibly saved over 600 lives. So uh, so a lot of activities go on uh, because of a, a, a mandir like the one that we have here in the DFW area and, and across uh, 100 cities in the United States. We're talking with uh, Deepan Patel. He's part of the BAPS Charities, and you guys harness the efforts and collect the spirit of uh, volunteers around the world and it's all about volunteering. I guess it empowers people when they when they volunteer. It makes them have a, a, a feeling of self-worth. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. I think when you have uh, like-minded people come together with a common purpose and a common vision, and again, I, I would say that our, our spiritual leader, His Holiness Mahat Swami Maharaj, and, and prior to him, His Holiness Pramod Swami Maharaj, they live their life in a manner that, drives all of us to live a better life. Mm-hmm. And be, living a better life doesn't just mean creating a happy life for me and my family, but it also means starting at, at home, but also kind of have that spillover effect into our community. Uh, we we see that at all age groups. We have multi-generational people who participate in our annual walkathons, and we just did one uh, and it's actually still going on, Chris. So we'll try to get you a, a shirt if you don't already have one. Oh, I'd love you, one. Yeah, so we'll we'll make sure Paresh or somebody will get a shirt out to you. And and up until July 12th, you can walk. And whatever steps you walk, we are contributing them to uh, Susan G. Komen for the cure. So this year, we are walking 100 million steps. And uh, we What is 100 people. million steps in miles? <laughs> that sounds daunting. <laughs> Well, when you, like you said, when you spread it across thousands of participants, so I'll tell you, let, let me tell you a little bit about the walk because sure. it's, a, it's a fun topic. It's, it's a great topic. So uh, on August 14th of 2020, kind of right in the middle of the pandemic, BAPS Charities donated $25,000 to Susan G. Komen. And this donation was used to fund initiatives for uh, the Komen COVID Action Fund. So it was directly uh, helping folks who were very vulnerable with underlying conditions. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we have a, a, a event call in the joy of others, as uh, 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 you know, preached by Pramukh Swami Maharaj, that we, you do, we don't just try to make ourselves happy, we try to make other people happy. Sure. And we have this thing called in the joy of others, walk run. We host that across 80 centers in North America. 
including Tennessee, by the way. And uh, But 2020 was an unprecedented year. So what we did is we did a virtual walk even this year. We did a virtual walk where we had 62 centers that participated. So if you break down 100 million steps across the nation, that's about 50,000 miles. And I mean, personally, I've got 200,000 steps already. (laughs) I've got 200,000 steps already. And I I plan to, uh, you know, do a couple of hundred thousand more if I can. So, um, you know, average total walkers is 25,000 people. Mm -hmm. So it's very achievable when you, when you, like you said, when you harness the, the community's energy, Alone, I can only do so much. But when we all come together with that common spirit of service, we're able to do that. I mean, I walk 10 to 15,000 steps a day. So it's very doable if I do that over, over you know, consistently, if I walk 10,000 steps a day over a couple of weeks or even a month, I think that adds up. So, uh, but we've done, you know, we've done in our prior walkathons, our beneficiaries included Children's Medical Center, American Heart Association, American Diabetes Association, various police departments, fire departments, the Nature Conservancy. So we've we've been able to do that by coming together. We're talking to Deepan Patel. Again, he's with the BAPS Charities. And you mentioned the walkathon. Have you got a date for 2021? Yes, so it is ongoing for 2021. We will be able to uh, log as many steps as you want uh, up until, I think, July 12th. Okay. And uh, we can make sure that you have a shirt, Chris. I'll make sure. (laughs) As soon as we're done here, I'm going to speak with Paresh and the walkathon team, and we'll make sure you get a shirt. And all we're looking for is you're walking anyway. You Mm -hmm. show your support for this walkathon. You wear the shirt. You take a few steps, mm-hmm. you take a picture of yourself and, and say, look, I walked 10,000 steps or 5,000 steps or 2,000 steps. And you, you, you just share that on your social media page. And I think that's all we are doing just to get that awareness going. And that is creative and that's very doable for anyone. Excellent. Excellent. So we'll count you in. Well, count me in for that. Uh, again, let's talk about some of the other things that you guys are doing, the disaster relief in particular, you know, we're coming off of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's winding down. At least we hope we're tamping it down. Yeah, it seems yeah. to be, we seem like we've overcome it. Can you talk about the different things that you guys had to do? Some people call it a pivot, the things you had to adjust to during the 2020 year and the first part of 2021, uh, the good parts and some of the bad parts. Uh, definitely. So, you know, it was a it was a pandemic of uh, uh, unprecedented magnitude, and and so we had to come together as a global community. So what we did is uh, we closed our facilities as per the guidelines issued by the CDC as well as the local authorities. Mm-hmm. I think education education was crucial. I think there were a lot of myths going on about COVID nineteen, so we raised awareness through educational campaigns, uh, shared messages of simple stuff that we could do, face covering, social distance, hand sanitization. And we made sure that all of our BAPS and BAPS charities participants were following those guidelines. We also set up vaccination drives at 12 centers across North America, delivering thousands of doses of vaccines to anyone that registered. Uh, During this tough time, we know we had people who couldn't go out and get groceries, so Mm -hmm. we did drive up food giveaways to anyone that needed it. Uh, that this is in addition to the annual food drives that we did. Uh, we also provided financial contributions and hot meals to our Parkland Hospital here in the Dallas area. Uh, we worked closely with the Dallas County Commissioner's Office. Uh, we also made sure that we were sending donations and PPEs 
to hotspots or hospitals that, that needed the help. I already told you a story about uh, a couple of sisters, 12-year-old sisters in Tennessee, learning how to make face masks right. and, and delivering those. So so it, it was truly, um, uh, you know, heartwarming to see some of that. And, and, and you're right. I, I do see some light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not a medical professional by any means, but it's good to see that when the vaccination rates go up and when we are able to provide that as a service to to our community, uh, be a center for vaccination, be a center for educational uh, campaigns and awareness, and then then it truly, we were doing our part in, in stopping the spread. So uh, that was just here in the U.S., but I mean, you might have heard about India. We had oh some, yeah, my goodness, some really difficult times in India, and and we were seeing a lot of cases. Thankfully, it's all subsided, but uh, we supplied over 440 metric ton of oxygen and oxygen concentrators, and hundreds of thousands of PPE, not just in India, but wherever it was needed. Uh, you know, BAPS volunteers set up over 500 beds across uh, various cities mm-hmm. in a matter of hours. So this was done not just locally, not just in North Texas, but across the the, the world, wherever help was needed, uh, given, given that we have uh, various centers across the world, we were able to communicate effectively. So that is one thing that we learned is is that if we put our mind to it, we're able to come together even virtually and make a difference. So uh, all of our assemblies, uh, we're all online because the physical location, uh, physical place of worship was closed. But uh, it didn't stop us from living our values. Exactly. You so, know what? It's, yeah. it's like you were prepared for the moment, the way you've always uh, done business, so to speak, or the community. Or put it like this, the philosophy of the BAPS charities is all about uh, the power to build better communities lies in the hands of the very members of those communities. So if people share together and work together and volunteer, you are actually prepared for these moments and you don't feel isolated when there may be a few people who do. That is, that is so true. I think that's well said. I think what, uh, the way you said it makes total sense. I think we, we, we pivoted, we reinvented, mm-hmm. but, but that, that thread that, you know, kind of connects us all together is, is uh, to our spiritual leaders and their lives of Mahant Swami Maharaj and Pramukh Swami Maharaj, who who lived their life doing yeah. nothing but this, uh, with COVID, uh, without COVID, or even in other disasters like the winter storm. Uh, oh yes, we've got to talk about that. Yeah, please tell us. Please tell us what happened and how you guys fared during the power outage and the winter storm back in February. So, personal experience, I'll share uh, my. Half of my house was completely, uh, uh, I wouldn't say flooded, but it felt like it was flooded. Oh, my, the pipes. We had, we had a tough time, and, and we had a lot of uh, uh, BAPS volunteers who are in the hospitality business, including myself, and we opened our doors. Anybody that needed a room to stay at the hotel, we made sure that they, they were able to come in and stay. A lot of people didn't want to stay. They just wanted a place to, to warm up a little mm-hmm. bit. So we would be like, well, Come on in. And this is during, you know, during the winter storm where we were all struggling ourselves. So we were able to to come together and do that, serve hot meals to people that needed hot meals, provide blankets and, and comforters to people that needed it, provided rooms and, and shelter to people that needed it. So we've, we've done some of that. And even prior to this winter storm, 
we we continue to do so during the the hurricanes uh, hurricanes katrina rita mm-hmm. and so on uh, we got recognized by state representative jc jetton of the 26th district uh, they provided a proclamation uh, honoring BAPS charities for the efforts that they put together uh, during the winter storm Uri, uh, you know, just a, just a few years ago. So, you know, it, it, that that common thread that we talked about about giving back, serving our community, uh, you know, in the joy of others, putting putting your, you know, remembering that in the joy of others lies your own. So those kind of things allowed us. To, to stay functional, to, to keep our head above the water. Yeah. And, and uh, it felt great. Uh, it felt great. It was tough, but it felt great. When we look back, we were able to do things uh, during tough times. Exactly. A, a great sense of accomplish and accomplishment and a feeling of we can overcome anything. When you go through adversity, that's when you find out what people are made of. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. I think that's, that's when we're able to promote a sense of community. Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it, it is through that, that common shared experience during adverse times that, that we're able to come together. And uh, during, you know, normal times, I mean, you, you asked me a question about community engagement. Yes. Uh, Irving is one of the most diverse zip codes in, in America. It sure is. And, and, and we, we have good engagement with the city of Irving where our, where our temple is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have great relationships with the city employees, including the mayor, the fire, the police department. We, we make sure that we're able to make them beneficiaries of our annual walkathons. And uh, the, the important thing is to promote that sense of understanding between different cultures. So we were invited by the city of Irving uh, so that we can explain a little bit about Diwali, uh, Hinduism, and, and so that they can have a better understanding of our culture. Yeah. So uh, when, when, you, when you understand it, uh, you, you say, oh, okay, it's very similar to a lot of other celebrations that we do. But if they've never seen it, never experienced it, they might wonder, well, what's this gathering? What's going on here? And, uh, and so getting that community engagement going uh, during normal times allows us to function better during adverse times. And I already talked about our, our work with the Dallas County Commissioner's Office, whether it's distributing flu shots or, or you know, participating in their, in their town halls. So we do that uh, at, at a city level. And we do that even uh, where, uh, you know, with uh, our, our government relations mm-hmm. team, where we are uh, reaching out to our state representatives, our uh, uh, you know senators, to to make sure that they participate in these events and get get a better understanding of what BAPS and BAPS charities are all about. And see, that's why I had you on this show because I wanted <laughs> people to understand what you guys are all about because I find it so rewarding. For those who don't know, the five key areas for the BAPS charities are community empowerment, educational services, environmental protection and preservation, health and wellness, and humanitarian relief. And you take these things together and it empowers individuals to volunteer and it makes it for a better community and a nation and world. You guys are just absolutely amazing. Definitely, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate the time, Chris, and and uh, congratulations on the Emmy and the Ace Award and all the good <laughs> stuff that you've been. I'm a big Mavs fan, so go Mavs. Got you down. Hey, before we let you go, you've got to tell people how they can find out more uh, about the BAPS 
charities and information online and if, there, if there's anything else you want them to know. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, I would say there are specific web pages dedicated to specific efforts. If you go to BAPS Charities, C-H-A-R-I-T-I-E-S dot O-R-G, you'll see more information about Walk Run uh, 2021 Dallas. You will see information about COVID-19 relief. Uh, You will find a lot of information about BAPS Charities on that website. So, um, you know, go out there, take a look. If you have questions, reach out to us. Happy to help. Oh, let me tell you, for those who don't know, you can find out about career fairs, educational institution support, scholarships, schools, hostels, school and colleges, environmental, environmental work. How about food drives, community sporting events, community cleanup, children's fun day, walkathons, the winter warmer, clothes recycling, educational services, everything you could need and more Again, you guys are absolutely awesome, and I can't wait to come out to visit the temple again sometime soon. Thanks again so much, Depp and Patel, for joining us today. Thank you, Chris, and look forward to seeing you soon. Most definitely. That is Depp and Patel, and I am Chris Arnold. I want to thank everybody once again for joining us. Uh, Tune in next week as we highlight on other organizations and events happening right here in DFW on Better Living. So long, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.